One thing I've come to realize throughout my agile journey and career is this. High-performing teams don't happen by chance. There is somebody in the team that is actively working to keep that team high-performing. So if you're a Scrum Master who desires to make your team high-performing, you've got to search for the best practices out there that you can implement and try out with your team to see if those practices will work for your team. But today you're in good luck because today I'm going to be sharing seven practices that you should consider using with your team in order for you to make them high performing. Now, these seven tips have been tested and tried. And really these seven tips, I literally lifted it from one of the teams that I'm currently supporting. I had a, you know, a conversation with a scrum master and we're able to come up with the seven top tips that he is using on this team. And so because that team is doing exceptionally well, I felt like this was definitely topic that I needed to bring to my community. So if you're interested in making your team super high performing, then this is an episode that you don't want to miss. But before we get right into it, let's have some introduction. Hello, and welcome to the Exceptional Scrum Master Podcast. My name is Yinka, and I am your online Agile coach. This podcast is designed to help you understand all things Agile, help you land your dream job, and help you succeed in your role as a Scrum Master. So if you're an aspiring Scrum Master or you're relatively new to the concept of Agile, then this podcast is what you want to be keeping up with. Now let's get back into today's discussion. Today, like I mentioned, I'd like to share seven best practices to help your team become high-performing. And like I mentioned earlier, these seven practices have been tested and they've been tried out and they are working successfully well for one of the teams in the program that I'm currently supporting. And the Scrum Master is really balling and doing a great job. And I just felt like you guys needed to hear it. Now, one of the things that this Scrum Master does with this team is actually happy hour. Now, this Scrum Master does not play with happy hour. Like they say, play hard and work hard, right? Or work hard, play hard, or whatever the case might be. But it's so important for you to have a team that plays really hard together because what then happens is that they build that team work. They have this team bonding and they are a group of people who then begin to look out for each other. Now we're in a virtual world where everyone is working right from home. So many times we don't even know who our team members are, right? Many times some people don't even show up on camera in the Zoom calls. So you only probably know them by name and you don't really have any type of connection with them. So having a happy hour is so important because then you're creating that time for them to know one another. You're creating that time for them to bond with one another and even form commonalities amongst themselves. So it's really important that if you're not having happy hour with your team, that is clearly something that you want to consider because he does magic. This team is fantastic. They're like, they're like kicking it right there and then. I was just like, you know what? I got to share some of these tips with you. So if you're not having a happy hour with your team, that is clearly something that you want to schedule and start having with your team. Now, the second team that the Scrum Master does really well is retrospectives. And I know that I've spoken about retrospectives on this episode before, but then I think it's good that I'm bringing this back up because retrospective is so important that sometimes we don't even understand, you know, the wonders a retrospective could do to a team. Now, this Scrum Master tells me that he does not joke with retrospective. Like he goes all out, he gets really creative with retrospectives and every time 
is team members always super excited to show up for retrospectives. Like, and I've actually showed up for about two of his retrospective sessions and it was fantastic. Like we played like one random game. I don't even recall what we did, but like, it was unique. I remember that, um, what even happened that day? Shoot. I can't, I can't really recall, but it was, it was a good feeling. Like everybody was engaged. Like we would call, I think that game, you kind of like, tag the next person online, right? You say something. So maybe you'll start the day. I think something I can recall is maybe you start the conversation with something that you liked. And then you would also say that you will get somebody else on your team that you think also likes that thing, right? And so everybody in the team kind of had different things that they had written out as something that they liked. And then you will guess that your team member was the one that said that thing that they liked. And then I think you also did it for like, something that they did not like and you guess. And that was just a way for you to kind of know your team really well, even though they were like talking retrospective, right? It was still a way for you to know, oh, this is something Yinka can say, right? This is something John can say. So I think John actually wrote this down. It was fun. It was fun. I will try to get the game and see if I can actually share it on my channel, right? But yeah, it was fantastic. I joined that retrospective at the end. It was really amazing. So I can tell that he does great retrospectives. And so he's able to really get them into that safe place where they're really able to talk through their problems, talk through their challenges and look for how to improve as a team. So they don't joke with retrospective. And I think it's something that you also want to pay attention to and get creative with your retrospective, okay? Let's kill this. What did you do well? What will you do better? And all that kind of stuff. Let's kill that and get really creative with our retrospectives. Now, the third thing that the Scrum Master shared with me that he does is having an MVP each sprint. So every sprint, everyone on the team is going to vote and say who the MVP is. And basically an MVP is picked based on maybe the contribution you make to the team, how well you're able to close stories, the support you're able to provide to your room. I said to your roommate, <laughs> forgive me. The support you're able to provide to your team members and all that kind of stuff. So at the end of the spring, people are going to put different people's name and whoever has the highest number of names written down gets to become the MVP for the sprint. And that was really fantastic because that really helps people want to gear up because now everybody's looking forward to becoming the MVP of the sprint. And so everyone is working hard and ensuring that they are achieving their sprint goals. I think that is fantastic. So if that is something that you have never tried out, I highly encourage you to try this out. Try incorporating an MVP of the sprint and let the team members know what it's all about. Let them know how they could work for it. And I think one thing he also said that he does a couple of times is like, you know, throwing some gift cards. So, you know, besides the fact that they are eager to also win it, they are also sometimes excited at the gift card they could win. And I think he mentioned that he had, she had like maybe a Starbucks gift card one time and I think another Amazon gift card or something like that. So that's clearly something that you probably want to try out. Now, another thing that he said they do really well in their team is their team chats. Like they don't jerk with it. Everything is in that conversation. Like their team chats is like, is he said it's like a war zone. We are actively communicating. It was like, we think that we overcommunicate, but we think it's a good thing because then nobody's missing out on anything because we're actively chatting and carrying one another along. And one of the things that really um, bring, um, brings, you know, friction to teams is lack of communication where it seems like, oh, a group of people actually know about something and another group of people don't know about that thing. So 
as a scrum master, if you're making that extra effort to ensure that your team is communicating really well, I think it's really a fantastic thing because then you're able to bring them really closer, which then helps them to achieve their objectives. So ensure that even though you have that team chart, ensure that it's lively, ensure the team members are really communicating. It was like, even when people show up, like when people come to work, like, you know, we're virtual, people will sign in and be like, hey, morning, I'm here, right? So people literally check into work and then people will check in and say, you know what, I'm taking my, I'm grabbing my lunch time right now. And he said, like, the team chat is really amazing. Like, literally, you could just go to that team chat and read through conversations and you can really tell where everyone is. And he thinks that's something that's really contributed and helped them to be this successful, though. So that's clearly something that you want to try out. Now, another thing that he said really contributes to their success is using the tool really well. So they use ADO, which is Azure DevOps, and he says that when it comes to his team, they use ADO religiously. Like if you're working on something, it's got to be in that tool. If it's not in that tool, we are not working on it. Even if it's a side project, a manager calls you to do something, they are creating a story for you. So they're so big on the way they use their tool that it really helps them. And he says that he almost makes them not that they have a perfect score when it comes to estimation, but he knows that that has really, really helped them when it comes to estimation because they are always thinking of every tiny thing, like nobody works on anything that is not documented in ADO. And they make out that time to estimate the work to be able to adjust for their capacity and ensure that they're still able to commit to something that they know that they can confidently complete. And I think that's amazing because many people do not use these tools really well. So it was like, even when it comes to dependencies that we have, we will tag those dependencies really well. Even though we're having these conversations really well and communicating with other teams, we are still documenting and we're really huge on transparency. And I think that's something that is amazing because that's one of the strong values, right? You want to make it transparent. So you want to ensure that the people who are doing the work and the people who are inspecting the work can look at you know, your product backlog and really tell where you guys are. And I think that's something that this team has gotten really well because they are super religious with their ADO, their ADO is on point. Even when sometimes I go through it, like you can really tell, like they have three sprints worth of work already planned out. Their work is estimated. Like these people don't joke with it. And I think, you know, when I see and hear that they're successful, I'm not surprised because I'm like, this practices are the bomb. And the fact that you guys are doing these things really well really makes you guys earn that spot. So yeah, you guys deserve to be high performing. You guys are putting in the work and clearly we can see the results, right? Now, another thing, which I think is a sixth thing at this point in time, that really helps them become successful and helps them stay high-performing is the fact that they don't joke with refinement. It says that they have refinements two times a, a sprint, right? So they have it every week and they are really just with their refinement. Like they spend the time breaking out the work. The PO is heavily invested. You know, they're breaking out their work. They're ac adding acceptance criteria. You know, they're estimating as a group. And so they spend that time refining and that gives them the opportunity to plan out work really well, gives them the time to identify dependencies and then gives them the time to be able to kind of like, you know, prioritize their work, which is what the PO does. So he says they do not joke with refinement. Everybody comes with like their A game on, you know, even sometimes when the product owner is not really aware, maybe it's a technical story. You know, you have the tech lead who is on that team 
you know, with the rest of the team who are like sometimes writing the stories, writing their substance criteria, and then kind of presenting it to the, to the product owner so that the product owner can tell them whether that's really the picture that, you know, he or she is painting. So they don't joke with refinement and he thinks that helps them with, you know, planning. It helps them with planning their work ahead of time, helps them with, you know, managing dependencies. And so many times they're able to complete the things that they commit to. So when it comes to their spring goals, like they are on point, they are always like, you know, checklist, checklist, you know, when it comes to your spring goal. So they're doing fantastic. And so that really helps them out. Now, the final thing that contributes to their success is the fact that they also plan spring planning really well. So he says, when it comes to spring planning, you know, first of all, they don't joke with capacity. So first of all, before the part owner even talks about like, this is my goal, you know, or rather this is what I'm trying to work on. This is what I'm trying to achieve this spring. First of all, they're like, hey, who is actually available to do the work? Who is available for this time frame? And it's like, that's one of the first things to get out of the way. Do we have any vacations? Do we have any holidays coming up? You know, is anybody planning something? And they plan for that. Once they get their capacity figured out, then they tell the product owner, this is what we have going this spring now. Tell us what you got. And I think that's amazing because that way the product owner does not have to push work their way. They first of all clear that out and tell the product owner, this is the time we have for you. Now tell us what you want to do with that time. And so the product owner then says, hey, this is my priority for this sprint. And then they work together and then they're able to figure out what their spring goal is. And then clearly they pull, they pull the stories that they think will be um. They pull the stories that they believe will help them to achieve that spring goal. So it was like spring planning is something that they do really well. And he says another thing that they do is just because of ADO, the tool that they use, they're able to also break down their, you know, their stories into tasks, although that's not a must, but because hey, the tool allows them to do that. So they also make use of that feature. And so during spring planning, once they're done, like, where the product owner and everyone is clear on the objective for the sprint, the team will kind of stay behind and start breaking down their work into tasks, just to be able to see whether, oh, they can actually further share the responsibilities amongst themselves. So they're not only looking to share responsibilities on a story level. Sometimes they also look at the task level to see, hey, is there something else that somebody in the team can pick? Because even though this is one story, there's like a lot of work to be done. And so they kind of break that down into tasks and then different members will pick that work. And then what they do, which is amazing, is that as long as I pick the story, I am accountable. So even if I have other team members who are going to be helping me do this work, I am accountable for that work. And so even though they might be responsible for actually doing the work, I still have to ensure that that gets done. And so everyone holds themselves really accountable as the professionals that they are, and they pull their weight and together they are able to meet their spring goals over time, which has really helped them. And so, you know, they were super excited when they got this recognition by the organization for being one of the amazing um, agile teams out there. And they were like, hey, you guys share your success stories with, you know, the rest of the group. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm also going to share your success stories with the outer community because clearly every Scrum Master needs some of these tips to try out to see whether it would work with your organization and see whether any of those practices could help your team 
become better. So I hope that today's message was super helpful for you. And now you're able to take down tips that will help you improve your team and see how to get them to that next level. Thank you so much for listening. It's always a pleasure chatting with you guys. I thank you so much for all the downloads. Thank you for all the subscriptions. Thank you for all the likes. Thank you for all the shares. Thank you so, so much. I love you guys as always. Keep rapping, keep watching, keep listening, keep downloading, keep subscribing, keep sharing, and, you know, just keep doing what you do best. Thank you so much. I wish you guys the very best. And I hope, as always, for all of you out there that are looking for a Scrum Master gig, I really wish you the best. And trust me, just keep hanging on. People are getting those jobs, okay? And the people who are getting those jobs do not have two heads. So you will get your job. Just hang in there, keep reading, keep learning, keep growing. And if you need a coach, holler at me. I am available to help you and coach you. And if you want to be, you know, a part of a community where you can also grow and learn from each other, then I will recommend the Inner Circle Agile community to you. That community is fantastic. We meet every month and we have monthly coaching sessions where we discuss various agile topics to help improve your knowledge. We also have a chat group where we talk virtually every day and you can always drop your questions and I'm always available to answer. And now I love the fact that I also have members who also kind of like take the lead and also help answer those questions. It's an amazing community. So clearly you want to check this out and I'll drop a link in the description below for more information. All right, guys, I will talk to you next time. Bye.